Hello and welcome to episode 19 of In at the Side. I'm Dom Hardman. Today I'm joined by Neil Williamson and the man who does this. Ken Owens, the hooker, charging on. Gives it to Lou Reed. Dominic Day. Can he make the line? That'll be Dominic Day for the... Of course, it's former Saracens player Dom Day. How are you today, Dom? I'm very good, thank you. Good, good. Um, how's uh, lockdown treating you at the moment? What have you been up to? Um, well, you know, same as everyone, really. Uh, a lot of time at home, uh, some quality time with the family. But um, aside from that, we've uh, we've been pretty busy cracking on with uh, with business, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it, to be honest, mate. What? So, um, sorry, man. go on now. I'm just going to clarify on that. So, what what business is that? Sorry, you obviously mentioned it. Is, is that something you started after you finished playing? Yeah, we sort of started it. Um, myself and George Cruz, we uh, it was probably about a year and a half before I retired. We started a CBD company, so okay. uh, it's called Four Five CBD, and um, obviously, always well for the last few years, we've had one eye on on retirement and and, and what will come. After rugby, uh, I've always been wary that it won't last forever. So uh, we've got another business together as well, and then we we uh, we sort of had great results uh, using CBD, and and decided to sort of start a business, and uh, and it's going really well. Perfect. And and obviously, COVID and coronavirus has, has that affected your business massively, or is it is it you know something you can deal with? Yeah. No. Um, well, we're actually we're probably in one of the better sectors, luckily enough, being sort of health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually something that is is probably at the forefront of people's minds at the minute. Yeah. And uh, you know we're actually doing okay. And uh, probably just as coronavirus was hitting, uh, we actually launched in Boots as well, Boots Pharmacies. Oh wow! Yeah. And they're probably they're, they're one of the things that are actually staying open during this time. So. Um, no, we, yeah, it's, it's okay. Uh, we're lucky enough to, I know a lot of businesses are struggling and it's terribly sad. Um, but, uh, I think we'll be okay. And I think we'll get through it. So what, so what is the sort of the basis behind CBD? Cause obviously I think it obviously it's heavily linked to when, um, obviously the law changed in 2018, but obviously uh, I think, you know, plenty of people outside of the sporting world won't know, you know, the sort of the background of this relatively new sort of uh, concept. Yeah. So. Like just to go right down to basics, like CBD is is a compound of of the cannabis plant, um, and a lot of research has shown that it's got like medicinal properties and and and, and benefits of that side of things. So, uh, like you mentioned, it was legalised in sport in 2018. It was taken off the banned substance list by 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 World Anti Doping, and um, it just happened to coincide when I I'd had a an operation like towards the tail end of my career, I sort of end up having quite a few operations. Um, so I used it um, sort of to help my recovery, and I just saw such great benefits from it. Um, like I was, I was really surprised with sort of the speed I was able to sort of sort of get back training, get back playing, um, and and for the rest of my career, then I used it just sort of basically as a supplement, really much like you'd use any supplement or you know more than like vitamin c vitamin d whatever um like i'll just use it daily and uh and george had a similar experience as me and and just our 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 own experiences sort of drove us to sort of start the business okay so like what sort of what sort of products does the uh cbd come in is it like a cream or you know like you say shakes or yeah. supplements or a whole yeah range so um yeah so like our flaps our flagship 
product would be sort of like an oil. And with that, you just, you just drop it under your tongue. Um, it's sort of the best way to get it into your, into your system would be just to leave it in your mouth for, for around a minute. But we also do have a range of topicals, um, some that will have like a cooling effect on the muscles, some a warming effect. Uh, and we have capsules as well. A lot of people are just used to taking capsules and tablets. So we've got a range of, uh, of capsules as well. So there's a lot of different ways to take it. Um, some, some are more effective than others, but um, like I said, our oil would probably be the, the most effective way of taking our products. Mm. I know there's been yeah, a big so boom in the, sorry, Dom, I was going to say, I know there's been a big boom in it. Um, I just wanted to sort of change subjects slightly, go back to your career. Now, obviously you've played for you know, many decent clubs. You played for Lenethley Bath, um, went to Japan for a year as well, with Toyota for a bit. Um, also played for Wales in three different um, categories, you know, under 19s, under 21s, and the, and the you know, the, the men's squad, I don't know, <laughs> the made for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. What would your, what would your best experience in rugby be? What, what was, what's the one thing that's in your mind? Um, like, I, th- I think probably, um, like making the be, World Cup squad. Bath, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, listen, I, like, I'll be honest. So, so the first question, like what would be the, the, the main team would probably be making the Wales World Cup squad. Yeah. Um, I think from everyone on the outside looking in, uh, like everyone, like for me as a youngster as well, like playing playing for Wales is always something that, that I was like, oh, wow, like I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. But then on the flip side, like, there's always a massive part of me that wanted to like travel. Um, there was always a bit like, oh, like I'm at this age now where, yes, it's amazing being a professional rugby player, but like I'm also young and I want to go and travel and experience things. And uh, I know Bath's not far, like Bath's like just inside <laughs> the bridge. But but for me, uh, growing up in West Wales, um, like I'd, I'd never really left. I went to Bath and that's where I really started to love rugby. Mm. Like I loved, I loved the city. I loved the people. Like and uh, like we we were moderately successful. We sort of made the Premiership final. Um, but then off the back of that, I was like, right, I need more of this. Like, like what can I do? And being sort of one of the only, not just Welsh players, and Northern Hemisphere players, to play in Japan and play Super Rugby, mm. like that for me is is personally is is a massive achievement and. Um, it's something that not many people do because I think they're just a little bit scared and they feel like you should you should probably just just stay home and and not stay home. Sorry, st- stay local. In your comfort um, zone. Stay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In your comfort zone, stay safe. But um, you know, I was just like, oh, what the hell? I'm, I'm going to give it a go. Like, not really knowing what was going to come of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I I did it and I just had the best experiences. Like. Not just rugby experiences, but just life experiences. Like, yeah. not many people get to go and live in Japan. Um, yeah. And it was amazing. Or, like, live in Melbourne, which is just one of the best cities in the world. And I uh, made lots of friends. Um, and just, I, I, like I said, I had the best experiences. Right. Now, obviously, touching on Japan, I mean, um, obviously, they did fantastically at the World Cup last year. Do you think that there'll be a massive influx in sort of grassroots players and people taking up the sport over there because of that? Yeah, yeah, they are uh, the Japanese are amazing people. They buy into like they buy into everything. I think you saw the support of the World Cup, which mm. was just like crazy. Like I, I remember watching 
on the news one of Wales's uh, training sessions, and and uh, the, it was a full stadium. I think it was like twenty thousand people for a training session, and they were singing the Welsh <laughs> national anthem. And I was like, "Wow, that, that's amazing!" Um, but yeah, I like. I don't know the stats, but I do know that rugby has grown massively in popularity over there, and um, and they are they're very disciplined people, and there's no doubt that they will buy into it. And in the future, you'll see you'll see that come through. Like they they're getting better and better year on year, and I think that's just going to continue to happen. Perfect. Ideal. So, yeah. So first major club, obviously Scarlets. How did that sort of come about? What was your uh, your early stages of, of turning pro? Um, yes, yeah, so, so I grew up in, in Pembrokeshire in West Wales, just like a small village. Um, I guess, it was quite funny, like, I always say it, like no one ever really asked you if you want to be a professional rugby player. It was just like, you're tall, you're big, like <laughs> you, you go and do it. Um, so like my PE teacher, uh, Neil Truman at the time was like, right, you, you're going to go off, they called it like the county elite, Pembrokeshire elite, you're going to be involved in that. And then that's where it already started, really. I, Played for Pembrokeshire County Rugby and then got picked up by Llanelli uh, Academy at the time. There wasn't even regions. This is this is how long ago we're going. Um, mm-hmm. But then sort of turned into Scarlets. And back then, academies weren't academies like they are now. It was just they were just like you are in the academy, but like nothing else happened. It was just like I had that. Just my name. <laughs> just like that was it. Yeah, they give you a polo shirt and like you're part <laughs> of Scarlets Academy. And that was it. But uh, obviously, things are a lot different now. Um, so, like, I came through, I played a couple of seasons for Tlethley, which did, uh, and Kamal and Quinge, which have been feeder clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, from 20, I was sort of playing for Scarlets and sort of playing uh, regional rugby. Like, it didn't start very well, but um, I kind of grew into it and, and went from there, really. I noticed that you, you started as a number eight um, and then got moved to second row. Was that very early on in your career? Yeah, so number eight was was when I was playing for Pembroke RFC when I was like young. So that was like I said, the biggest guy, the biggest guy on the field. Let's let's put him somewhere. Like I wasn't particularly fast, but I was I was yeah. kind of big. So they're like, right, let's get the ball in his hands. Put my number eight. Yeah. Didn't have a clue what I was doing, but uh, <laughs> like quick, quickly they yeah quickly they realised I wasn't very skillful and I, and I actually wasn't that good. So they pushed me into second row, and that's uh, that's kind of where I continued until well until I went to Japan, and then I and then I found myself playing six for some reason. Okay, I don't think even they knew why I was doing it to be honest. But uh, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, no, I, I felt the pain. I mean, I I always wanted to play eight. Um, I've always, I think second row is my best position. Many clubs have tried to put me at second row um, and I've always resisted, but it's, um, it's not seen yeah, as a very... You, a, are, you are a second row. Position. You've had a couple of games at second, you are a second row, mate. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a skillful second row. Um, yes, yeah, not, not seen as a very glamorous position, is it? You're doing all the hard work and you're, you know, you're in, you're in the, the, the places that are all the time getting chucked up in the air and um, don't seem to get a lot of benefit from it. But uh, is that something that you were gutted about, moving from eight to second row? Or? Nah, nah, nah. Um, it, it suited me. It suited me perfectly. Like, I was never, listen, I was never a flashy player. I was, I was, I was never like a massive ball carrier. But one thing that I figured out pretty quickly in my career was that just by, just by being smart and, and just like doing the basics and working hard, I'm going to be able to like make a career out of this. Um, so I, I just learned how to do a few things really well. And basically it was line outs, mm-hmm. um, defending, and then just doing the, the, the grunt work basically. 
and I know it's not flashy. I know, I know a lot of people, like supporters, wouldn't see stuff like that. But that didn't, never really bothered me. I was never really like massively keen on the limelight as such, and like you know, being being that the most famous player on the team. Like I just wanted to be be involved and be a part of the team. Like I just loved being around uh, being around the guys day in day out, and and I knew that like just doing that would would get me a place on the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that's pretty. That's pretty much just what I was happy doing. Like I always worked hard. Like I didn't make many mistakes when I played, um, and from that, um, like I, I tried to be as physical as possible. So when hitting rucks and tackling people, I know it managed to get me well to to pretty much the top. Yeah. Uh, playing in the World Cup, playing for Wales, and um, I think that's a good lesson for a lot of people. Is Probably focus. I obviously work on everything, but focus on on what you're best at, and and just let that shine through. I think. Yeah, great advice. Yeah, so you talk about obviously you uh, wanting to travel. Obviously, you went to Toyota and then Melbourne. What was life like in Melbourne? Yeah, li- life in Melbourne is brilliant. Like it's probably one of the best cities I've ever been to. Uh, the rugby was 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 difficult uh, for for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, the training was was very very hard. Um, it was there were long sessions, like sometimes touching like two and a half hours, and that that not must, that not that might not sound like a lot because I know like when you play sort of club rugby, amateur rugby, like that would be a normal thing because you only train twice a week. But when you're doing it four four times a week, sometimes five times a week, and especially with the intensity that Super Rugby teams train. It was very difficult and I struggled because I'd come off the back of a World Cup and then I played a full season for Bath. Um, then I went straight to Japan. I played a season in Japan. I went straight to Super Rugby. So I'd gone nearly two years without having a holiday or a rest and my body just like really struggled then with that increase in, in intensity again. Um, so I was I was like struggling with a few different injuries. Um, I definitely didn't put my best foot forward in Super Rugby but listen, like, like I'm still grateful that I had the the opportunity to do it, and I, I don't regret having gone and done it. Um, but it probably was uh, for me on the field dis- disappointing. But living in Australia was great. Like <laughs> Melbourne was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think you ever took flip flops off? Did you? I think uh, you don't own a pair of shoes in uh, in Australia. So. <laughs> oh no, it's it's, uh, it's such a cool city, and uh, right on the beach as well. And that's 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 like that's. Exactly what I'm all about. Pretty chill on the beach. Like, just loving life. Ideal. Ideal. Okay, then obviously, um, <laughs> return to the Premiership with Saracens. How did that sort of materialise? Yeah, so, like, for some reason, I had it in my mind. So, my, my agent, Gareth, um, Gareth Morgan, we, we grew up actually playing rugby together. And he, he went to Japan, right? And playing rugby and then came back and he was telling me about it when he when he became an agent and I was like oh, I definitely want to do that I had it in my mind for some reason for ages so in my head I was like right I'm going to get to 30 I'm going to go to Japan and I'm just going to stay in Japan because like, you get six months off a year they look like the, the seasons are short like not many games and you get a lot of time off to recover so I was like right I'll just go there I'll play till I'm 50 in Japan easy <laughs> so uh, I went but when I got there like I had the opportunity to play Super <clears throat> Rugby, uh, so I, I said to the, the Japanese team, Toyota wanted to keep me, and they were like, "Yeah, we want to keep you, but we don't need to pay for any other teams." 
I was like, oh, well, I've got this opportunity. I've wanted to do it since I'm a kid. Mm. Um, so I was like, oh, listen, like, I'm just, I'm going to play Super Rugby. And, and uh, just so happened, um, Saracens came in just after that and were like, will you come back and play for us for, for two years? Uh, which turned into like two and a half years. And I was like, yeah, like, time is perfect. So I'll go, I'll go up to Japan, play Super Rugby, go back to back to Saracens and listen I mean not many better clubs that you could that I could have hoped yeah, so, to have yeah. picked up by. <laughs> no, so yeah and then obviously the whole situation what happened with the uh, the San Diego move yeah um, so like I said I sort of started picking up injuries towards the end of my career um, now I don't know if you worked out yet but I come from a small village in West Wales I love the beach in Melbourne I was like San Diego that, that's a bit of me that's, that's yeah. what I'm all about uh, so I know I know the head coach there Rob Hoadley and um, I'd been in touch with him a couple of times I went on holiday to, to the west coast the year before of, of America and I met up with him and I watched them train and I was like I, I felt like I could offer something there and I felt like even if I wasn't peak fitness like I could go it was it's such a level that they're massively they're developing really quickly and getting better and better um, so he got in touch with me and he was like listen do you fancy coming over like you can help out in terms of your experience and, and coaching whilst playing and to me that was that was perfect but like the last year at Saracens like my body just started to sort of get, get a bit worse again and and I was just like, I was sort of in that mind space of like, it's tough when you're waking up every morning and being like, oh, like, like I'd wake up and I was like, oh, man, how am I going to feel this morning? And like, swing my legs over the side of the bed, stand up and I'd be like, Eesh, like my back's bad, my knee's bad, my shoulder's bad. And mm. some days it'd be great. Sometimes, some, sometimes it would just be like rubbish. Um, so I just had to make that decision really. The business was going well. Um, my body wasn't as well. And I just had to look to, to the future. And uh, I, th I think uh, it was a tough decision because obviously retiring is tough for anyone. But you never think it's going to come to an end. Um, but then, like, I do have to, like, I've got a, a young family and I, and I just had to think about that really. Yeah. Yeah. Priorities and so, all that. In terms of your career, obviously you played with many, many, many players. Um, we've been doing this, we brought it in recently, we've just been asking our guests to sort of uh, name a 15 out of players they've either played with or against and sort of their, their top 15 they would pick. Yeah. All right. That's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> we like putting people uh, on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we, we should go one to 15. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so one one would probably be um, uh, Paul James. Mm -hmm. um, so he mainly because he was so he was a Welsh loose head. He was at Bath for me as well, mm -hmm. but he was probably the the toughest guy like I'd ever met or ever played with. Like he was he's tough, unlike mm -hmm. someone that you always wanted on your on your side. <laughs> Uh, the first social, the first social, he actually knocked me out on the first social that we had a bath. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, it was it, it just it got messy and and uh, a lot of stuff happened, but yeah. Anyway, uh, a lot of respect for him after that. <laughs> um, 
And then uh, two, I'll go with, uh, he's a good mate of mine, um, Rob Webber, who, uh, England hooker. Uh, I, I always call him the last of the old school because he doesn't look like a professional rugby player, but <laughs> he, only, he, he literally only just retired. And uh, I think he's playing the best best rugby of his career, uh, the last, just before, obviously, coronavirus happened, yeah. for sale. And uh a quality player, like you always want someone who's going to be reliable when throwing the ball in, uh, especially as a line out forward. Um, uh, so three ago, probably Vincent Koch. Like I, I just always enjoy, uh, I always enjoy watching him, uh, watching him play. Like he's on obviously won a World Cup uh, in in Japan, but like such a mobile player, like skillful player, and uh, and he's a good guy as well. Uh, second row is a tough one. Do I include myself in this? Yeah, or not? of course, of course. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, second row, uh, well, I had the privilege of playing as Victor Matfield, like, like, he's an unbelievable player, so uh, like, you know, he's he's got to be in there. Um, I played against Bucky's Spoto as well, so. Yeah, that's a formidable like, second row together, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, there were two people that, um, they're definitely two people that um, I I grew up watching them and I, and I, and I was like I, I never want to play against them. <laughs> no, they did, but so they, I'll, I'll choose them as my locks. Um, back row, uh, probably. I'm trying to think. Is it? Yeah, like Billy Vonopola is obviously like quality, but quality number. I played just so many good number eights. It's a mm. difficult one. This, uh, but Billy's like a quality player. Like you, like you, you. I heard a stat that when him and Mako played together for Saracens, I think I think Saracens win ninety percent of the time when, yeah. when the two of them are playing <laughs> together. It's crazy. So I'll go with Billy, uh, and then obviously Justin Tipperick, like just magical player. Like what mm-hmm. a player. Um, who else? Oh, Simon Easterby. Like he was like I used to love playing with him because he's another hard nut who was just like <laughs> like would just just like look like he'd been like battered. Week in, week out. <laughs> he was on your side, though, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's on my side. Um, scrum off, again, some good scrum offs. Played like Dwayne Peel. Um, who's a Bath? I can't even remember that far about now. Is it Stringer? Oh, Strings is a Bath. Yeah, let's go Strings. Yeah, Strings, what a guy. Like, just a legend, isn't he? <laughs> I know. One for the small guys as well. Let's go with Strings. Uh, ten. Um, <clears throat> Like obviously Faz's quality, um, yeah, you got to put Faz in the turn. I think, yeah. um, just like, like you always, I, I always really like knowing that there's uh, a good defensive ten as well. Yeah. So like, so Faz, Faz will go in there and he's pretty skillful as well, isn't he? Um, he's not bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Twelve, uh, probably Regan King, like probably the, without a doubt, like the best player skill wise mm. I've ever played with like just absolutely quality um, 30 I, I always get 12s and 13s mixed up I can't remember which one they are so but uh, 13 uh, Jonathan Joseph was always good I always enjoy playing with him yeah. uh, Wingers Rock of the Goonie I remember when the year we got to the finals uh, he just like he was just carving up when we got to the final with Bath, he was just like unstoppable. 
Uh, Nick Abandon and probably at fullback. Um, really enjoyed playing with him again. Just like would make something out of nothing. Yeah. Um, we we got another winger as well, haven't we? Uh, who... I'm trying to think who's up. I'll play the guy called Tom English in uh, from Melbourne Rebels. Yeah. Big, strong, fast, good guy. Yes, so uh, that that's really uh, that's really like just off the cuff because I obviously I played against like Brian Habana. I think I played against most of them all. So, <laughs> but uh, listen, like uh, that's not a bad fifteen there. Nice. I, I wouldn't want to come up against that's for sure. And what about the best think, manager you, you ever played under? The best okay. manager, yeah, um, probably Gary Gold. I really, I really, uh, <laughs> I, really I really enjoy Gary. Like so, he he. That that would have been the time where I really started enjoying my rugby again. Was was um, I was probably a bit when I moved to Bath from from Scarlets. I was I was a little bit uh, disillusioned. Uh, yeah, just like I probably took a bit of flack at Scarlets, and rightly so, because I wasn't really playing very well. I probably got a bit a bit complacent, and uh, it's like I got there and I was like, I don't really know if I'm going to be playing at Bath. Uh, like they look for like big hard like packs and stuff but Gary like just sort of he was like yeah like get stuck in you work hard whatever um, and he also loved taking the boys out on the beers as well which, which, which I really enjoyed <laughs> yeah so uh, so he was a good guy he, he was a bit mad but yeah Gary was class brilliant brilliant um, I've got a, 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 a situation uh, is that what it's no, called it's a- Scenario, scenario. No, I always get it wrong. Come on. Basically, they call me scenario. I've got um, a same question we've been asking a lot of our guests recently. It is Corona based? Yeah. Now, here's the situation: you're locked in a studio flat for two weeks, right? One, uh, a two-bed studio and flat with, um, and you're not allowed to leave. People are bringing you food, um, and you're stuck in there with one player. Who would make it an absolute living hell? Who would you hate to be stuck in there with? Someone you play with. Uh, <laughs> What <clears throat> um, one guy that I, I, I really like, mm. but I think for more than for more than a day would would be a struggle is probably Richard Barrington. Right. <laughs> why, why is that? Uh, yeah, like, the remix. The, the remixes. <laughs> yeah, but like he just can't sit like stuck in a small. He can't sit still for two seconds. Yeah, like, he has to be doing something, and I just think that. He'd be going out of his mind. Like I'm, I'm totally the opposite. Like I'm quite happy stuck at home for a, for a couple of weeks, just lying down, whatever. But Baz, uh, like you know, he he literally can't sit still for 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 five minutes. And uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Baz. Yeah. Nice, happy days. Perfect. Well, uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on the uh, coming on the pod, Dom. Really appreciate yeah, it. No worries at all. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, catch you again soon when there's some actual rugby to talk about. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so let's hope so lovely well thanks for talking to us cheers cheers thank you